0: As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five... Four, three, two, one. Liftoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Golden Things, the Liberty Lists, and we've got another special episode coming at you today. I am with my friend, Una Park, and we are going to be talking about five silver linings for educators during the pandemic. Una, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Just a little hot, but doing great overall.
0: <laughs> yes. So we we might be recording this. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be released, but this might be the hottest day of the year so far. So, so if it feels balmy and tropical coming through the podcast, <laughs> it it's just kind of hot. That, that that's the bottom that line. Is. So 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 here at Five Golden Things Liberty Lists, we try to vary topics. Some will be serious some will be whimsical. Some will be in between. And some will be various slices of life. We haven't done a ton of conversations so far, Una, in the episodes that we released about the pandemic. And there's a lot of doom and gloom surrounding pandemic, as there should be. We have no choice but to say, hey, this really sucks. But on the flip side, it hasn't been all doom and gloom. And you're somebody that has had multiple hats as an educator. I thought you'd be a great person to hear from as we walk you through hey here here are some good things unit would you be embarrassed if i had go through your bio real quick
1: not at all okay ahead,
0: so she is she, she has done many things in education 14 years give or take as i understand it as an educator recently you completed your master's in school administration and so you went from being a teacher to being an administrator and you've been in a couple different positions since pandemic started way back if we can remember that long into march of 2020 you were a teacher sometimes first grade sometimes third grade sometimes otherwise at evesham township school elementary school including in 2019 to 2020 and you are right about to begin your second year in glassboro high school as an assistant principal. So you've, mm-hmm. you've seen many different sides of education during what many people call the most exciting and best years <laughs> of education <laughs> and life in general uh, over the past two or three years. So Yuna, I'm going to ask you your number one in just a second, but any, any orienting thoughts at this point, or are you just ready to say let's go for it?
1: No, I don't have any orienting thoughts. We can uh, go ahead and get started.
0: Okay, let's give us some good news here (laughs) in the midst of all of these dark clouds. And we're going to count from one to five turtle loves this time, starting with number one, Silver Linings Playbook, Education Edition.
1: So interestingly, this would be one that I guess some people would argue is not a silver lining, but being able to be virtual for... um, for anything, uh-huh. really. So, so even though I know people were pretty sick of the whole virtual option for learning, right? Um, there were really, it really is, has become something that we can use to our benefit as educators. So, for instance, okay. um, last year when when several districts did shut down because COVID got kind of bad in mm-hmm. January, um, our district actually did do some virtual learning during the snow day. So that hmm. saved us from having to go longer in the school year in june adding
0: those killer days
1: exactly um so that's just an example and i did hear through the rumor mill that governor murphy may bring that back because of the fact that a lot of districts because he had actually said we can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of districts had gotten out at the end of june which is very long so that can be something that you could see as a benefit um also being virtual during say administrative council meetings in our district we used to always have to meet in person yeah and we're all at different schools not to say that it's a huge inconvenience but Mm -hmm. you know you don't have it saves you travel time it's just so much easier and i know that not just in education but in any field right now people find it so much easier to be virtual in a meeting yeah um we can get things done and then be off and back to where we need to be so right that has been a huge benefit. Um, yeah, that's that interesting. Yeah, sorry, so, go ahead. Yeah, so um, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> um, we also have uh, teacher conferences, so right. parent-teacher conferences. You can do them um, mm-hmm. as an option virtually, or the parent can come in. So now yeah. it's become this sort of normalized option that did not exist prior to the pandemic so i mean i know a lot of educators and parents feel that that is a huge benefit right um and a silver lining yeah um so really those are just some examples of why i believe the whole virtual piece has become something that is part of our normal life in education and really shouldn't go away i think that's one of the great positives that came out of the pandemic
0: yeah, for sure. And that makes a lot of sense. I, I do have a couple of questions <clears throat> that I we may or may not get to for some of these others when it comes to pedagogy and, and how virtual alters pedagogy in different ways. But for now, just to agree, so you, know, you and I and your husband, Gene and Emily, over the past couple of years at Liberty Collingswood, we've, we've been in virtual home meetings, mm-hmm. which before pandemic... Never would have occurred. Mm -hmm. And I think moving forward, we'll keep offering a hybrid where some people just really love being in person Mm -hmm. and wouldn't trade that. For me, at least, it's been nice not to have to juggle kids and Mm -hmm. just tune in. And, yeah, I think I I think for so many things, virtual just just make things makes things a lot more efficient and uh, you gain. Travel time back and mm-hmm. just just a lot of stuff that that wouldn't have happened except exactly. global pandemic yeah. <laughs> kind of kind of coming down the pike. Yeah, right. so so that makes a ton of sense. You want to go on to number two? Do you have anything else about virtual?
1: No, that's it. Okay,
0: so, rapid fire. Here we go.
1: <laughs> so number two, um, I believe another silver lining is that students um, benefited in that. Let's just as an example, there are districts that maybe weren't one to one with technology the pandemic forced everyone to really kind of fast forward that process to get that technology in everyone's hands. So it really gained, um, I guess equity was a a big thing that occurred because of that. So it was really that talk of equity really was amped up because of that. And students were able to benefit from it because now, you know, it's sort of an expectation that every student in every district should have a device. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether they have one at home, they are entitled to a device. So that is something that came out of the pandemic that was not maybe a priority for some districts because they were like dragging their feet because they felt that there were other priorities or, you know, kids can get their own devices. But it really opened our eyes to see the inequity. um, And the students that really didn't have um, we're now able to have things like that so it I believe that that was a huge benefit of the pandemic
0: right yeah that's really interesting and so I like you know you you always think about me that I'm super tuned into education policy I'm actually not super tuned into <laughs> to, to education policy but more more broadly and this is something going back 10 or 20 years even talk about digital divide when it comes to questions of, of equity mm-hmm. and if I guess I'm hearing you say that, at least in some ways, the digital divide was lessened mm-hmm. from from pandemic. And is that primarily from getting devices to students that that didn't have them before, or is it a combination of that plus fluency with some of these things? Or like, what? Flesh that out a little bit more. I a, about s- bringing up the folks that that were were behind
1: i would say that primarily it's about getting the devices in the hands of the children um, because there were students that were expected to do things at home Mm -hmm. and didn't have the uh, means to have a device um, in the past yeah so you know that's where that inequity was especially with like homework or like projects yeah Um, and you know those kids that have you know money could easily you know bust out something whereas somebody who didn't was you know Was not able to, so I think really it's about having that device in their hands, mm-hmm. so that they could, you know, just like anyone else, um, produce the same, pro- you know, product. Yeah. Um. And and it also actually, I'm going to touch on this a little bit more with teachers, but students became more savvy with technology in terms yeah. of you know, like their use of digital platforms mm-hmm. and. You know as as you know like the younger generation they just are so quick to pick up things much quicker than we are us gen xers (laughs) Um, but um, you know these these children are so good at it they just may not have had a device at home to be able to to explore it or you know so i think it just opened the door to them actually gaining skills too that they would need for for life and career
0: yeah in sidebar Pandemic with technology and kids has definitely raised my embarrassment levels within my own household. <laughs> like so many times I'm doing a church meeting or something or using computer or technology or platform and I ask one of my kids, Hey, can you come help me figure out? And so,
1: Same. Right. Just like
0: helping dad through the Yeah. Yeah. The, I I have my own digital divide that I'm working on, you know, but but, but this isn't about me. This is about your number three. Let's keep going. All
1: right, let's keep plugging along. So the third silver lining that is also somewhat related to technology is that teachers um, were able to gain all this great professional development that they would not have gotten um, in technology. So uh, technology was used mostly as a substitution so before the pandemic it was you know here's a here's a google doc you can type on it and print it and there we're using technology in the classroom because that is a push in districts for teachers to utilize technology but yep. there is a spectrum um it's actually called the SAMR model and i can't think of all of it but s is for substitution mm-hmm. a is for augmentation M, I believe, is modification, and I think R is either reinvention or where it's basically your students are able to take the technology and actually um, create something completely new, like right. web design. You gotcha. know? So, yeah. so you know, basically on the SAMR model, teachers were mostly on S or A, maybe, at best. Yeah. Um, but through the pandemic, teachers were, well, the ones that stayed, <laughs> were able to really enhance those skills. Mm-hmm. Um and use technology in a way that really enhanced student experiences, right. um, learning experiences. And honestly, like with teachers, um, I f- it also brought out the teachers that had those skills and w- they were able to te- train other teachers, so they, we, we had teacher leaders come out and yeah. coach other teachers. So it mm-hmm. was really an amazing experience. And like we talked about, some students had to help teachers right. <laughs> with it. So teachers really gained a lot of knowledge and um, a skill base that they would not have had um, as quickly if not for the pandemic.
0: Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so with technology, is it, of course, a generalization, but is it a fair one that older teachers struggle with the tech piece more than younger teachers, just by the nature of the beast sort of thing?
1: Yeah, it is a fair assumption. I mean, there are definitely um, some outliers where there are veteran teachers who just really picked up on it and became very savvy but that is definitely was less likely to happen so it were it was definitely the teachers that had already been using technology to some degree Mm -hmm. were willing to learn and it really is about attitude I think it always comes down to you know what I have a learning growth mindset and I want to just take it the bull by the horns and like. Learn as much as I can. It was those teachers that really stood out right. and came out as leaders in this in this very difficult time yeah. um, to help others um, during you know a time where they had to learn something so quickly.
0: Right. How and this relates to the professional development technology more more broadly as well, Yuna. As an assistant princi- principal, how much of your job has has been being a morale leader Um, or what what do you do at how often during pandemic have teachers had bad days that you have to figure out what do I Mm -hmm. what do I tell them how do I help help them to to keep going or even specifically with technology teacher comes into your office throws up his or her hands and says I just can't do it Mm -hmm. how how do you engage some of those aspects
1: (laughs) well interestingly I felt like I had to do a lot of that when I was a teacher Um, I was one of the teachers that felt comfortable with technology, Mm so I was I kind of, I guess, emerged on my grade-level team as someone people came to for help. Mm-hmm. And natu- it worked really well because I was doing my internship as an admin, you know, administrative intern in my yeah. own building. So um, I was looking for leadership roles anyway. So I sort of became a informal tech coach for a lot of people. And Ain't no thing. <laughs> um, so tech coach slash morale booster, I guess, if you could say that too. Um, I just felt like just encouraging people with the little things was mm-hmm. really really helpful. So when my team was really struggling with getting their Google Classroom set up for instance, it took all day but you know what we celebrated at the end. It was a small accomplishment. We got it set up. We got our students in there. Yeah. And you know they felt good and I, and I was encouraging and I was helping and I was always, you know, telling people they were, you know, doing such a great job and I do think it made a difference. Um, yeah. and I, it's kind of what I'm going to touch on later too is just the fact that the pandemic brought up um, The importance of just helping one another, caring about one another, that social emotional piece that teachers need it, too. You know, they really need that encouragement and that moral support as long as as well as our students. And during that time, I felt like as I emerged from teacher to assistant principal, that was the same. You know, I'm kind of like their cheerleader. I'm trying to help them see the things are doing well right um and that makes a huge difference in in someone's motivation and their i guess their job satisfaction
0: yeah so you've been a really great teacher for a lot of years and i mean hearing you write that once you became an administrator now you're (laughs) anti-teacher and just against them in every possible way is that (laughs) is that true no
1: (laughs) not at all i'm (laughs) kidding so what
0: what and the purpose of this is positive silver linings but ah. it, but but if we could jump into one of the clouds for a second what was the darkest or lowest period mor- morale-wise since March of 2020 for for teachers and administrators was it right at the beginning panic was it realization a month in that this isn't going away anytime soon was it year 2 when like oh we thought we'd be in a different spot but it mm-hmm. kind of feels like year 1 yeah
1: i would say it's kind of like a a little bit of um, a couple things so it was definitely once we realized that COVID was here to stay Mm -hmm. that um during year one um you know everyone was all like we got your back you know we're all in this together you know for a while and then it became well parents were getting more impatient with um everything that was happening contact tracing was such a big deal right Um, everybody
0: loved that process as I remember,
1: right and so it was like oh this kid's out now this kid's gonna be out and now my seven of my kids are out and teacher had to scramble and especially at the primary level just speaking from an elementary perspective um and first grade in particular first graders are not as capable obviously of being on the computer and completing assignments so yeah. a lot of what we had to send home with kids that had covid was paper and pencil so hmm. that meant a lot of photocopying for basically a lot of K to five, you know? Yeah. And so teachers had a lot more to prepare at the drop of a hat. It was like, mm-hmm. Oh, guess what? Your kid's out for 10 days. Right. Um, you know, so then you had to quickly scramble. So I think that's when it became, when is this over? You know, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe So teachers, yeah. the morale was very low when it became you know it, it felt like it was never ending when, and there when was When would, so
0: would that have been that would
1: have been like maybe um, April, I would say th- yeah I next? would say like near the end of year year one um, and even into year two because there was still the mask mandate and contact yep. tracing and so there was just you never knew what was gonna happen and when a student would be out and so it was that constant you can't control the situation you you know you you can't really plan but you're expected to plan so there was just so much expectation um that teachers just felt overwhelmed and i think that that lasted for a while until the mask mandate was lifted till you know things definitely got better this year so yeah yeah i think it was a pretty long time that teachers felt that way
0: did did the trough in terms of how the teachers were feeling coincide with the students as well or do you think students hit hit their lows at a different time than the teachers
1: you know i i really feel like students um, not to say that they didn't hit lows but i i feel like kids are really resilient and Mm. i do think that they typically they were they were okay with it was like a norm for that it was the new norm yeah they you know they got used to masks they got used to the fact that you know what now i'm home like let me get on virtually like you know they were rolling with the punches like hmm. at least from my experience speaking from an elementary as well as a high school perspective they weren't really phased too much like yes they didn't like wearing the mask that was probably the worst part for students is right. the mask Yep. um but honestly like they were kind of just kids are pretty resilient i felt like they didn't really it would have to be case by case like i feel like if there were a kid that was struggling Mm -hmm. it was more individualized it wasn't like as a whole i felt like my class because my first graders were so happy to be in person yeah with a mask on they didn't care they just wanted to be in school you know so i think and that speaks a lot to the teachers because i think the teachers did so much to make the experience as enjoyable and as tolerable as as possible that they just did not i think they just go with it Hmm. you know
0: so longtime turtle loves you'll remember the episode that i recorded with my daughter clara about five things grown-ups need to know about kids for those of you that heard that episode you can hear clara saying right now well dad that's just why kids are better than (laughs) grown-ups and that that, that's all there is to it but you you steered us back onto the positive train (laughs) give us your number two silver lining
1: Oh, I think we're actually on number um I believe we've done three. I think I'm on number four. Oh sorry, I was
0: counting down. Yes. I was going I was going the wrong direction. I'm sorry. No, I I was the one that was wrong. So (laughs) I was I was doing two with one more, but we're doing four and then number five. Oh right, right. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: Um fact checkers. Yes. We're on the same page. Um so another silver lining is I believe that people and this isn't just for education, obviously, but we just had a greater appreciation for the ordinary. Ah. Um, so, some things that went away because of the pandemic were staff gatherings. Hmm. There was no faculty room because you couldn't be in this closed space with, like, and a faculty room typically isn't very large with so many people. So, mm-hmm. there was no faculty room. Um, you had to do things outside, you had to wear a mask, you had to stay six feet, you know, so there right. were so many things. And once we started having gatherings again, people were so appreciative hmm. of just having a potluck, you know, yeah. um, a lunch, uh, be, not having to wear a mask was like, Oh, I can see someone's face and say hello and see their expression. Like we were so appreciative of these yeah. little things that I had never even seen my new students faces as a new administrator this year. And then when April came around, I was like oh that's what you look like I didn't know you had a mustache yeah. or you know things For the like first that. Graders. <laughs> right um, so yeah so those are just some of the little things like athletic events you know we could um, actually have like humongous athletic events we didn't have to cap how many uh, attendees you know there were yeah. and things like that so Just that those little things that before were not even that big of a deal to people like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, whatever, it's a game. But it's a game now that everyone can come to and we can all sit near each other and our masks are off. And, you know, so um, it's just that I think I feel that staff really have gained an appreciation for gathering with Mm -hmm. each other that that they were so used to sitting in their own classrooms and eating alone, yeah, right. you know, it's that isolation. And so, yeah, again, greater appreciation for the little things has been really something that stood out to me. That's awesome. And
0: mm-hmm. specifically for you, Yuna, can you think of a little thing or two that has come into greater appreciative focus? And maybe it's some of the things that you've mentioned, the gatherings in general or or masks off, But but any couple of like touchstones, where it's like, "Oh, I never noticed this before, but it feels really good to be able to get back, you know, a water cooler conversation." Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I would say that yeah, I mean, honestly, like it really is probably the fact that without the mas- so as a teacher, I had to enforce kids wearing masks, you know, mm-hmm. obviously in my own classroom, but as an administrator, I had to enforce I had to be the mask police. I called myself the mask police, but mm-hmm. for the entire school. So yeah. That seems like a not that big of a deal but it was actually very challenging yeah. and that would totally Yeah and then it also be be, fun. right and it became like a discipline issue if it was like the kid didn't want to pull it up they would be like okay pull it up but then they would they would pull it down the minute they walked by me it would become defiance and then it's like a write up and so it's just that I was so appreciative of the fact that we did not have to enforce the mask mandate yeah. and I know that seems silly but it really was like the most the biggest thing to me i was so appreciative of it um and the fact that i could actually like talk to a student and see their face and they could yeah. see my face um that was so huge because i felt like that was a big barrier to building relationships right um so i think that's really honestly it came down to the mask like it really was not only an inconvenience to wear but it was preventing me from feeling close to my kids yeah you know, yep. and it was this other layer where I had to be enforcing a rule that I honestly felt like we should have gotten rid of them a while back. But, you know, where, where I had to enforce it and that became another barrier to creating that bond with students. Right. So, yep. So yeah.
0: there, there's a both under the professional umbrella, but a relational burden there. But then also a secondary leadership one, because mm-hmm. the buck stops with you mm-hmm. as far as being the having to be the
1: the heavy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that,
0: that's not fun at all. And, and I get the relational piece. One of the analogies that I used about church leadership during when things were just virtual, 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 all all the Mm -hmm. way through is I would hear, or you, you know, you're a big sports radio person, right?
1: (laughs) Some days. Okay. So (laughs) the,
0: I, I would hear lots of, uh, beat writers for like local Philadelphia sports teams and, and more broadly, one of the things that they complained about the most when they were having to cover these teams but with much less access was that they didn't get to be in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, and so after games, reporters would just head into the locker room for the interviews that were on the record with this athlete and that athlete. Those, those interviews were moved to virtual Zoom calls and but they said not only do you get less out of those virtual interviews but there are so many things that you pick up on in the locker room that were just cut off from mm-hmm. so what's the vibe who's happy who's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. who's talking off the record who's who's causing problems who's being a really good teammate right mm-hmm. now who's doing the behind the scenes things and i've been A pastor for more or less 20 years but it was a totally new reality where it's like I've lost my locker room access (laughs) I I don't know my team anymore who are (laughs) these people so yeah like all of the human nonverbal relational Mm -hmm. cues and backs and forth being cut off from those especially something as delicate as is teaching both teacher to student and then administrator to teacher and teacher Mm -hmm. to teacher without those relational dimensions. It just gets a lot less fun. Yes. Very, very quickly. Absolutely. But Appreciation of the Ordinary, that would be a great book title.
1: Mm Hmm. That is true. Okay. That's my next
0: book. You, you, you claimed it (laughs) and I look forward to reading it.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. Okay. Number (laughs) five
0: Yuna. let's do this.
1: All right. So number five is, I believe that the Another silver lining is that it forced us to focus on what was most important in education, which I believe is building relationships with, ah. with our community, students, parents, and staff members. So, huh. so, and why I say that is because I feel like, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. when nobody kind of knew what, which way was up and what we were doing, yep. um, that's when we really focused on, you know what, let's just make sure the kids are on. Make sure the kids are seeing our faces. And Mm -hmm. even if we can't get the lesson to work, we are with them, you Mm -hmm. know, and we're asking how they're doing and we're checking in with parents and we're, you know, and that was kind of like the big focus. Yeah. And it continued throughout the pandemic. I do believe that, yes, we went back into, you know, there was learning loss and, you know, we need to get back into an academically rigorous environment. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I felt that that foundation had been laid that you know what remember like what's most important here is that the kids are connected to you that you are you know supporting them you're caring for them Mm -hmm. and so really it's academic rigor alongside your social emotional competencies you know really so and that's always been my philosophy so it was it was like you know it really hit home with me and i felt that like you know what now everyone's focusing on what's important you know yeah. um so i do believe that that was a result of the pandemic
0: Hmm. right so teaching without those other components i guess is artificial or doesn't you you could be as academically rigorous as you want but without some of these other pieces you're still missing something vital to absolutely. the education process
1: absolutely because in the end um, if you're not, if you don't have a f- relationship with your students, they don't really care what you have to say Like yeah. in the end. Like, you could be really smart and, like, you know, pontificating in front of your class, but if you can't connect with them, they aren't going to want to learn from you. And that yeah. happens with, with uh, classroom management as well. So when it comes down to it someone doesn't behave, if they don't respect you and they don't like you or they don't think you care about them, they don't care what you, you know, what you say to them or, you know, but... Kids are naturally wanting to learn or behave for people that they feel that love them, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that that has become more of a focus. And especially because there is that um, effect of mental health being affected in general, teachers, students alike. But, um, you know, I think that that focus on mental health and, like, making sure kids are feeling good and feeling right, you know, that has become more of a focus, which I think is, is extremely important. It's, like, the most important thing.
0: Yeah and do you see yourself moving forward is pandemic either bringing changes or at least higher focus to making sure that you build those components into the educational Mm -hmm. rhythms year after year from here
1: absolutely i can give you an example from my district in glassboro um you know high school is very different from elementary so one of the things i've learned since i have been a high school student myself now i'm back in high school after whatever many years is that teachers really do believe that their high school students are already adults. Like they'll say, they should know better or I don't need to call home if they misbehave. You you're the principal you should call. And actually, you know, really they need to be calling home and, and yep. talking to parents and, and and in the end they're big kids. They're not adults. You know, these are children. And sorry,
0: teenagers. <laughs> sorry, teenagers. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, even if you're 18, because they'll say, "Oh, Miss Park, I'm 18." It doesn't matter if you're 18; you're still a student in my school, and <laughs> you're still the rules still apply to you. Um, can see you like,
0: "Yeah, I'm 45." <laughs> right, <so> exactly, <laughs> right.
1: Um, and and teachers will even say, "Oh, well, the student's 18. Do I really need to go home?" Yeah, actually, you do. You know, so I think I'd that appreciate
0: a call. <laughs> my senior in high school exactly, is exactly yeah.
1: right. So I think that you know, just knowing that students really do need that connection and that accountability and that, you know, you're there to build that relationship. And Mm -hmm. so I think high school, and I'm making a broad generation, but high school teachers typically do not focus as much on it. So Mm -hmm. our district is really trying to bring back character education. Um, And actually we're looking into programs to support, you know, building character and talking about character um, in our, all of our schools not just elementary okay. and middle but yeah. also in the high school which i think is fantastic so right. um so yeah just and they they've said in central administration that it's a result of realizing that kids really need this because right. of the pandemic yeah yeah
0: yeah and that makes total sense transitioning from elementary to middle to high school and you know you've read a lot more and talked considered a lot more developmental psychology and, and, and that sort of thing with with kids but at least back of a paper bag reasoning for me between elementary school and high school in elementary school I certainly liked some teachers and connected with them mm-hmm. more than others uh, primarily because they connected with me mm-hmm. but then the difference between that and high school is I realized by high school that I had more of a role in the agency of choosing who I connect and Mm -hmm. and it it wasn't intuitive I like him or her. Mm -hmm. It was when this teacher is talking to me, I know if I'm respect I I I hear Mm -hmm. teachers that I respect and teachers that I don't respect Mm -hmm. totally differently. Absolutely. And and that that connective tissue is vital for and I can't imagine all of us have favorite teachers from growing up, Mm -hmm. but can't imagine somebody saying Oh, I—I I had Mrs. Anderson or Mr. Anderson. They—they they didn't know my name. They were really a cold fish in the classroom, but yeah. but they were my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's, it, it, it's the ones that that had all of that holistic mm-hmm. sort of mojo that, that makes the best teachers.
1: Yeah, it doesn't change no matter what grade you teach. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily that doesn't apply to to pastors at all. So <laughs> I can. <laughs> it can be <laughs> as cold fish as I want. And it's just apples and oranges, you know. <laughs> totally different. Wow. And that uh, that's great. Our, and I think last question for me here, and this is something that you're able in terms of your leadership communication to move front and center as well. So 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 this so isn't this, is, this isn't just something that you're making changes, but it's it's more of an explicitly shared value at 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 this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's great. Absolutely. I try to make that, you know, whenever I talk to my staff, current staff, um, being that they are high school teachers, mm-hmm. um, is really talking about the importance of laying that foundation of relationships in the beginning. You know, the content will come and, you know, go slow to go fast. Like, that's what we say. Like, go mm-hmm. slow, build those relationships, lay down those expectations, but show them you care and then go, you know, like, yep. you don't just go and then mm-hmm. backtrack. Yep. You know, so anyway.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, Yuna, that is all I have for these five golden things. Thank you for all of the care, thought, wisdom, not only with this conversation just now, but you're a great teacher and a great administrator. So thank you for sharing those learnings with us. Any any parting shots?
1: Well, I'll be working on my next book soon. <laughs> no, just kidding. Appreciation of the ordinary. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, um, nothing from here. I mean, not from me. I mean, honestly, I I'm, was I'm so thankful to be here. And um, I hope that someone uh, gains something from it and, and sees, I guess, there are some positive things that happen as a result of the pandemic in education. And that's it.
0: On the pause. That's what we do. Yuna, <laughs> thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.
0: Ta-ta, turtle doves.
1: Wow, that
0: was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodlepip. pip. (laughs) 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 Um,
1: do all my coral like moves there okay